0: Uh, we're connected this morning. Here comes some music, I think. Where's the button? And, uh, we're off. To change the world. Yes, we do. And thank you, Alvin Lee. We'll quit butchering your lyrics and see if we can get going here on the Wednesday edition, I guess it is, eighth of February. I gotta pronounce that correctly. And Roger Sales, your host, we got all the good guys and gals here on the Jitsi board, maybe listening live somewhere around the world on Eurofolk Radio Network or radio.net network. Or maybe some of these other ones Paul's got cooked up for us. Uh, um, yeah, well, who knows? You yeah, know? I don't. I don't see the other platforms yet. Okay, all right. Well, they hadn't kicked in. They may. They may not. Who knows? Um. So I did say it's the eighth of February, and I did say it was a radio ranch. So uh, we were talking with uh, a little bit as we were prone to do here before the show kicks off. Let's put that on the back burner for a minute. Um I got uh, in communication with Hugh. I guess we'll have to announce this cuz I don't know uh, once or twice through the show. Cause I don't know if everybody tunes in right from the get-go, but on this roses thing, um Uh, Hugh said, when he told me about this originally, it was back around Thanksgiving. And what he wrote me this morning was that because of Valentine's Day and the worldwide demand and stuff, that he's had to adjust the price a little bit. Okay? So his special is now not 67, which it was just a couple of months ago, it's 80, so $13 increase. And you go to his website, theroseguy.com, I believe and you on your checkout you use a code so the discount it's normally $105 i think he said at this point but the special is for 80 25 and more than a 25% discount and um that would be sweetheart with the number 2 sweetheart 2 and you get 50 red long stem red roses delivered for $80 not 67. Sorry, I didn't know about the price increase and he told me about it. When we first talked about it, he said he'd come on the show. And uh, of course, he'd never followed up on that, so I took the liberty of mentioning it to uh, benefit him and some of y'all. And uh, so anyway, that's the story. $80 for 50 long stem red roses. Theroseguy.com put in the code at checkout sweetheart 2 the number two roger yes marco
1: i posted that on the Chitango roger sales yesterday and um on uh oh i sent it to you but yes you, you did. probably didn't see it
0: well he him and i exchanged some email this morning he's got because he does business in uh, portugal and spain he's got a wine uh import business too here in ecuador and uh, I don't, i'm not a big fan of portugal wines unless they're unless it's Matus rose that's a pretty good wine they put out but as for the rest of them they don't compare with argentine wines in my opinion but regardless that's what he does and he's got this uh uh flower thing on the side so anyway that's the story on it thanks Marca, and uh I appreciate everybody doing that. Now, I had another email this morning from, uh, I mentioned it yesterday, I think, uh, a guy named Dan in Texas, and they've got some kind of a confab coming up on nationals in uh, March, I believe, uh, and he had asked me if I'd fly to Texas and uh, do a panel, and I said, no, I won't, And uh, but I'll be happy to appear on Zoom or something if you'd like to do that and i guess he's running that past everybody i also without their permission volunteered a couple of our good students uh there in the texas area because i'm sure it i'm i say i'm sure it probably is in the dallas fort worth area Maybe wrong just guessing and uh but he wrote me back this morning said thanks and we'll you know run it past the folks and see what uh what they want to do but he, he said, I got a couple of new folks here in the area, and they were asking me about the sale on rental properties. So it's not their primary domicile. It's a rental property or more that they're wanting to sell. And he said, how do they handle it? Do they put into the sale thing? Uh, uh, you're nationally, you, you put your affidavit in there or whatever. Uh, good question. I mean, I haven't i haven't uh, last i sold i've only owned one home in my life and i sold it in about 1998 uh and i was still somewhat green and i want to tell a story about that today since we're in irs season um but I just don't know, and I don't know if it varies state to state, if there's any state taxes involved, etc. But in the, just the knowledge that I have of that, it would seem like capital gained, uh, normal capital gains would apply on the sale of property, rental or not. Uh, although there may be some legal stipulations in the fact that it's not your primary domicile. I just flat don't know, okay? I don't know if it varies state to state. I don't know what the laws are in Texas. But basically, what I uh, shot him back was uh, I believe any of those types of capital gain taxes would be paid at the IRS level. So it would seem like to me the primary notification IRS would take care of that. Does anybody have any points or, or something on that situation that oh, yeah. I'm not aware of? Okay, yes. Abram, come forward. Uh,
2: so uh FERPA... FIRTPA, the Foreign Investment in Real Estate and Something Act. It was passed in the eighties, and uh, you know, it's it's uh, when you sell a property as a national or as a non-resident alien. So it's this is you know the yeah. the uh, the cover label right. for the IRS for nationals. Uh, then, if you want to sell a property, then the buyer, if you're a national. Then, in, in you're the seller. The buyer needs to put down, uh, depending on the price of the home or the property, either ten percent or fifteen percent, or uh, uh, basically in escrow, in order to purchase the the property. Unless you provide an affidavit declaring that you are not a foreign person, so you can bypass all that by giving the uh, the bank. A affidavit saying that you are a, uh, not a foreign person and that the FERPA does not apply.
0: Okay. Uh, I hope Dan's listening, uh, cause that's way over my familiarity. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's really complicated. They make it very difficult, but the long and the short of it is if, you know, they make it, you know, how the, the tax law is very confusing. Uh, but the gist of it is, and, and I've confirmed this, is that you just need to at the at the point of purchase uh, provide this this affidavit? Affidavit.
0: Okay. So for Dan and your and the new students out there, maybe there is some way to insert your affidavit into the process of the sale of the property. Uh, but yeah. the master overall notice to the IRS would be the real key thing. It sounds like to me.
2: Yeah, and then and then no capital gains tax and or any of that on the sale.
0: Okay. Well, that ought to make them feel happier uh abram have you ever heard me quote that the senator barkley comment somebody's got their mic open and their dogs yawning or something uh senator barkley thank you senator barkley uh was a really high profile senator john and glenn came up with this when they were researching the tax book uh and i just always thought it was funny and uh, very insightful, also. Senator Barkley was a real powerful senator back in the 40s. So they were uh, talking about running for president or vice president. Wow. Uh, and um, he, at one point, got, got, he was the pres pro tem of the Senate. And at one point walked away from the Senate, and literally they wrote him a letter with, if not every, virtually every senator in the Senate, almost begging him to come back, and he did. Um, and uh, he was the head of, I guess the Senate doesn't have this anymore, because I don't ever hear it referenced, the Ways and Means Committee. You know, back in... In uh, uh, earlier in last century, we had uh, Lewis T. McFadden was the chairman of the House Banking Committee. Well, the House doesn't have a banking committee anymore. Okay. Uh, to my knowledge, anyway, and neither does the Senate have a Ways and Means Committee. The House has a Ways and Means Committee. It's one of the most powerful uh, committees up there in the House because that dictates all the budgetary stuff. And don't forget, the House, all spending bills arise in the House, all, period, period. Okay, and so uh, they've changed that obviously in their uh, remodeling of our system. But Barkley was the head at that time of a Ways and Means Committee. The reason I, I know about that Ways and Means Committee, if you remember, years, decades ago, remember a senator named Ruskowski? I believe was his name, Ruskowski, from Illinois. Hmm. Real powerful guy. He was the head of the House Ways and Means Committee, and it's one of the most powerful seats up there. I don't remember what they did to him, but his name kind of sticks with me, and uh, he was the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee in the House. So, uh, Roskowski I think, was his name. Does anybody remember that? Okay. Um, anyway, Barkley, as head of the Ways and Means, was in touch with the Treasury... In writing tax law. And his paragraph that John and Glenn found was uh, every year the folks from Treasury come over and we tell them we want to simplify the tax code. And every year they come back with something that only Solomon and all of his wise men could interpret. So this is like showing you how, you know, just like the Woodrow Wilson letter of dollar repudiation of dollar diplomacy, when he negated the loan, wouldn't co-sign the loan for the bankers for China. Uh, and in his refusal in that historical document, he it, it says part of the reason was the tax system that was proposed. And it, it, it is antiquated and burdensome. i mean isn't that just perfect perfectly describes the tax code antiquated and burdensome and enforced by foreign agents okay so anyway it goes back to the tax thing now i wanted to i was thinking as i was thinking about that and reading it this morning what we're going to talk about uh i i hearkened back to my one experience personally of selling my own personal home in marietta georgia and it was a very interesting situation because i was about i couldn't rub two nickels together back then and i'd been fighting these guys and this that and the other this was in about 1998 so i'd been involved in this about six years i'd been exposed to all the john and glenn stuff of course uh, i didn't have all of the final stuff we have now and so uh I had a home uh I wanted to sell it i got put a bunch of money into getting a new roof and getting it painted and my buddy, Rick Scruggs, who I've talked about who's <laughs> down on the coast of Georgia now, painted it for me and and uh all that kind of stuff and then I had done real estate a little bit and so I decided to uh do a for sale by owner and that was interesting um uh, but anyway, finally, after a couple of trials and tribulations, you know, the old saying in real estate, buyers are liars. Um, and so uh, I had gone through a couple of those kind of incidents. This is funny because one guy, he gave me his deposit and then something happened and, and he made a change. And I just kept his deposit, his, uh, uh, his uh, uh, you know, earnest money, they call it. And so he was trying to sue me to get the earnest money back. And because I understood legal process, I just never accepted service. So if you don't get somebody served, you can't take them to court. Uh, I just heard somebody, who was it talking? Uh, they just got, they've had this big, oh, it was the guy on, uh, uh, the computer guy from uh, Delaware, Hunter's. Uh, computer and uh, he was on Owen yesterday I've seen him a couple of times I had him on Tucker the other night too but uh, he mentioned he he was talking about this big lawsuit they have got against all these people he said well we just got Hunter served last week so we couldn't find him he's a hard guy to find so the lawsuit's been issued all the other people been served and Hunter had not been served so they couldn't take the lawsuit forward and they finally found him and served him uh, just recently so uh, i don't know if they caught him with a chinese hooker or a crack pipe or what but they found him so anyway i had uh i I didn't uh let this guy serve me so he just went away so finally another uh, cute little couple they were newlyweds second marriage both of them and uh, she was a Daughter of a big doctor down in Macon, and man, they were just absolutely head over heels in love. And they were shopping for their for their love nest, and they they fell in love with my house. And uh, so they were very sweet people. I just really liked both of them a lot. And so we went through the deal went through, and uh, what I had done up to that point because I had IRS came after me after I started making waves, and. Uh, we talk about this on here sometimes that's when they came after me with that summons for books and records and I fought them in federal court and unfortunately after the hearing in district court where they ruled against me of course uh, was when I really started to understand this regulatory scheme on the types of regulations, the fact that that regulation summons for books and records as well as all other IRS regulations are all interpretive. They're not, they're not uh, general applicability notice and comment. So anyway, I didn't want to take that case up to the uh, 11th circuit being a, a very totally green uh, litigator pro se guy that's a very nervous situation uh for those of you who've never been in it it's not much fun and uh but i came up with that and the understanding of it and how it applied but it was after the hearing and if you don't bring up an issue at a at a district court or hearing level you can't bring it up at the appellate level and so I had stumbled on that understanding after the decision of the hearing, and I didn't want to go up to the 11th Circuit and butcher it because I did know at that point that that's binding precedent, at least for Georgia, Alabama, and Florida in that circuit. And so I just kind of walked away from it. Okay, uh, But to insure myself after that, I, uh, as, as I got point to the point where I was going to put the house on the market, I, I went down and uh, bogus to lean uh, uh against the house from a foreign some kind of foreign entity that we conjured up and uh in the idea that the traditional lean procedure is first in line in time so if you're a mechanics lean or something else somebody was robin was on here talking about lean and those guys in uh, rhode island um If you get your lien in first then it's it is honored first so in other words if there's a hundred dollars left over after the sale of the property the liens on if the first guy has his claim is $100 and whoever second line doesn't get anything okay so it's first in line in time or first in time in line and so we stuck this lien on the on the property and went ahead uh, uh, closing and got all that stuff done and so I had stopped paying my mortgage just to kind of press the envelope on the system and uh Georgia there's two types of foreclosures in the US one is a judicial closure and the other is a non-judicial closure state I think there's about 28 maybe more now states that are what's called non-judicial foreclosure And what that means is they don't have to go to court and take you to court to get your home and get a judgment and all that stuff. That they just go through this procedure where they publish the fact that you're in arrears in your uh, local legal organ, the newspaper, etc. And they've got to publish it for a couple of weeks. And then if you still not honored the mortgage, they put your house on the sale uh, auction on the courthouse steps on the following Monday morning. Okay. Y'all y'all familiar with non-judicial foreclosure? And so uh, it's kind of a self-help remedy in the mortgage area, just keep people out of the courts, etc. And so um anyway, Georgia's a non-judicial foreclosure state. So I had pressed the envelope on paying the mortgage, I had these buyers, and I remember it was around Labor Day, because we closed on the Friday before Labor Day weekend. And because it was Labor Day weekend, the Monday sale of my house was postponed until Tuesday. So if I didn't close, I kind of backed myself into a corner here. And so if I didn't close it on Friday, it was going to be sold on the courthouse steps on Tuesday to the highest bidder. Of course, we didn't want that, right? And so uh, we get in and we go into the closing table. There's a saying in real estate. When anything goes wrong at the closing table, the only thing that you hear are the click of everybody's eyeballs in the room as they turn to look at you, okay? That's true, <laughs> right? So we get into the closing table. I got a guy there that's a witness for me. And uh, here we are. There's a sweet little lovebirds are sitting across the table. And uh, we're all sitting along this long closing table. And in comes the attorney and the closing attorney. And so he sits down right next to me. And uh, he turns to me and goes, okay, Mr. Sales, I need a check to the Internal Revenue Service for 35000 and some odd dollars. <laughs> And so that's when you heard all the, everybody's eyeballs click as they look at you. And so I was in, I was in such a position. The, I had some equity in the house. I'd been in it for 19 years. And so, uh, I told him, I said, well, why don't you just go back and redo the figures and take that out of the, out of the proceeds of the house, which they did. So now we got another. minutes to wait while his clerks get all that done and so but the thing that struck me it it struck me at the time I remembered it but I didn't it didn't strike me till a few years later okay and this is the point I'm trying to get across to you guys right here but you can't understand it unless you understand that background and so uh, he goes okay and uh, that he's going to go get the figures redone and then he says this he said I don't know why he said, I found these other lanes and we looked high, high and low for them. We never could find these companies. And uh, he says, I don't know why, but IRS steps to the head of the line. Now, it's interesting. The lawyer said he doesn't know why. I don't know why, but IRS, even if you've got a bunch of these other lanes here, goes to the head of the line. And then they go off and we close the sale and they took $35,000, stole $35,000 from me. Now, that's a bunch of the motivation of me being here today and helping you guys, okay? Because I love to stick things up their ass, quite frankly. Um. So anyway, uh years later, and it's funny, I knew all this stuff, okay? A few years later, I don't remember when, but it was a number of years. And all of a sudden, one day, that came back to me, and I was thinking about it, and it's like a sledgehammer just hits you. Bam. Why does IRS move to the head of the line? So I'm going to ask you guys, why does IRS move to the head of the line?
3: Because you are their property. you know that? Because the lien's on you.
0: The lien's on the body. Not the property. So you got to clean up the lien on you, although it appears that it's on your property, the lien's on your body. And that's why IRS steps to the front of the line because it's ahead of selling the real property. They got to get the lien cleaned up that's on your body. Okay. So just okay, an interesting, pardon me?
2: they're not taxing the property they're taxing the no tax they're they're pro- no
0: they're taxing the property the property being you <laughs> yeah
2: exactly right 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 yeah okay
0: so anyway and that goes back to the old english system and the statute staple and all that stuff i guess we'll do as we get into tax season here a little bit closer we got another what couple of months uh we'll go over and do that whole english process one day cuz that's a that's a good good chunk of information for people. Uh, but anyway, I just was thinking about that with that question about um, people selling their rental property. I thought I'd go over it today because it's very important to understand, what does it go back to? This property right thing. That's why they got a property right on you. That's why the IRS moves to the head of the line. Hey, Roger. Yes, Markham. I
1: have a question. Um, on the IRS affidavit, um, I wanted to talk about Um, a lot of students are asking what to send so I I showed them the affidavit for the IRS is that little paragraph and then not to be construed uh, as a filing
0: on the cover letter with a
1: filing, right I showed them all that Um, so can we talk about that and how it works and how it helps everybody
0: uh, yes we can and and of course you know they control from the top down okay so our remedy is at the top not fighting our way up through all the layers to get to the top all right and that's hey, Roger, what that, before, we, before we move on yeah to 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 the text so i have
2: something that i forgot about the ferpa uh thing uh ferpa can be you know as i noodle on it, it my understanding changed it's a weapon okay if you're a national and they want to force you to sell your property you can force the other person to increase you know you can make it difficult for for someone to force you to sell it because if you don't provide that affidavit whoever wants to buy it from you has to for, put up you know 15 20 percent of the that the, total escrow, cost of the property
0: that escrow okay interesting
2: yep so, so this is an advantage to it so i mean it, it's made it, it's it can a, look like a disadvantage has a strong advantage depending on it, how you know
0: concerned. it goes back to this dialectic thing doesn't it Okay. Yeah. It's the two-edged, sharp sword that swings either way. And if you understand this, it sounds like you can use it to your advantage. Okay?
4: If you need to. I have to. another
2: dialectic for you.
0: Uh, you mentioned the
2: roses, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one, the dialectic to that, which I'm considering sending to Mrs. Robinson. There's a company called Poop Senders, and they'll send it anonymous. That's, that's all. <laughs> 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 Mrs.
0: Robinson. And you could put the greeting cook kook at you, Mrs. Robinson. Um, yeah. so, um, so,
1: the Roger with yeah. the IRS affidavit?
0: Um, well there is so no IRS there is no IRS affidavit. There's an affidavit to the Secretary of State that you copy <laughs> the IRS on.
1: Right, but you also add that little paragraph at what, the end.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I would. That's why I put it in the sample affidavit. I think you ought to send it to the Secretary of State. That is the setup to send it to IRS.
1: And that would work for um, employees and people that have businesses, right? Uh, well,
0: it works for anybody. Okay, okay. What that paragraph says, it's real simple. It says, as a national, I'm non-resident to the residency. An alien from the federal citizenship or federal whatever of the 14th Amendment. And it's deceptively labeled at 26 CFR 1.1-1 parentheses A as a non-resident alien. So you're spelling out their fraud right there in the affidavit. And the reason that's in the sample affidavit, the first paragraph severs your relationship with the federal government. And the second one sets up you severing it with the IRS that don't come back on me with this because I've got your damn balls. You know, Mirka, Mirka. Yes. Do you know what you got? If you've got a big green ball in your left hand and a big green ball in your right hand, but. you've got the Jolly Green Giant right where you want him. Okay. And that's what this does. It gives you a green ball in your left hand and a green ball in your right hand. Some of you may be too young get the point of that i do okay so that's that's why it's there okay
1: so if sending the affidavit with to the irs what we, other steps do you need to follow we, all you need or? to do is
0: just put a cover letter on there and the other thing is uh, uh, we suggest you don't have to but we suggest that you put in big letters up at the uh, above the body of the cover letter lawful legal notice Lawful slash legal notice. And then the second phrase, not to be considered or construed or however you want to verbiage it, not to be considered a filing. You might even put filing in quotes. Okay? Because what they've done one time in the past only, they've done it, they've threatened it a couple others with people, not very many, just uh, isolated, is, and it seems like the letters come out of Ogden, Utah mostly. And they'll send back and the first one was with Shane where they levied a $5,000 frivolous filing penalty on him and that's when I drafted that letter back to him Shane's never heard a peep from him since and now they when they do send one out they just threaten it. they don't uh, try and levy it on you so uh, anyway that's why that's there it's pretty simple you're notifying the Secretary of State and then in that verbiage, and you're letting them know at state that you know the little scam on their IRS scam. And then you send a copy of that to IRS. It's not very complex.
1: Right. So now people are asking um, IRS, uh, uh, noticing the IRS, and then doing uh, questioning about the ROE.
0: Well, we don't know about the ROE yet. That's still, uh, I mean, I know about it, but we haven't had John, who has done this on his own, pioneered it in a sense, Uh, had a, a, a death of a close family member. He's up out of state out of Georgia and he's up there dealing with business and everything when he gets that taken care of and gets back home and the dust settles he's going to come on one day and go over what he did and what he knows and what he understands on the revocation of the election process and he was successful at it he got uh, a number of thousands of dollars back from IRS just showed up mysteriously in his checking account okay so that's something that uh, I just don't remember enough about it, and I'm, I, I'm I'm not interested. If you want to get your money back and go fight those guys, that's great, okay? Uh, but I'm interested here in getting you freed out of the system, okay?
5: Hey, Roger, this is Carl. Hey, Carl. Um, I have an update on the uh, W-8, B-E-N, and the W-4. Okay. If you look at uh, publication 519, oh. at the bottom – Bottom of page uh, 38, they talk about notification of alien status. And it says if you're a non-resident alien, under the rules, you must furnish to your pl- employer Form 8233 or Form W-8-B-E-N, okay. establishing that you are a foreign person. Okay, cool. Or, or Form W-4, this is critical, establishing that you're com- – compensation is subject to graduated withholding at the same rates as resident aliens or u.s citizens so filing a w-4 is a bad idea
0: okay so that's where the w-4-v probably comes in that
5: cancels that is joe on with us this morning yeah but that w-4 w-4-v is for voluntarily withholding tax when they don't normally do it like on your social security that's what the instructions are on it, and it also does not have an OMB number on that uh, W4V.
0: Okay, well, it's not a public information gathering request. Well, is it or not? Yeah. Um, one other point Probably here. not um, because it's not public because it's something you're dealing with your employer, but I just don't know on that. It's kind of shade of gray. Go ahead. Yeah.
5: Uh, one other point on this, in, in this 519, they tried telling you that uh, they withhold tax on non-resident aliens at either 30% or 40, 14%. And they don't reference the statute on it, but I've dug the statute up. It's 26 U.S.C. 1441, withholding of tax on non-resident aliens, but... Uh, You have to look all the way down to the – almost to the very bottom of that statute on uh, subsection E where it says alien resident of Puerto Rico. For purposes of this section, the term non-resident alien individual includes an alien resident of Puerto Rico. Okay. So See, they try to buffalo you to say so non-resident aliens have to pay 30%. Well,
0: yeah, also it's interesting you mentioned 519, okay? Because 519 also has a statement in it that says a national owes total allegiance to the US.
6: Hmm.
0: Okay, and that's and what okay. what are they doing there, Carl? A national owes total
5: allegiance to the US. What are they doing? They're trying to pull you back in as a citizen.
0: No, they're
1: Americans to
0: They left off non citizen. A non citizen national owes total allegiance to the U.S., which they do. But a national owes total allegiance to a small, less state. All they did there, and this is another way that they use the non-citizen national status as a hiding block, is they put that statement in there and they pull off non-citizen. Hmm. Okay, these are some sneaky bastards. Now, how can they do that? Because the IRS and the government. A, a agency, so they don't have to follow all of the strict stuff that an agency would. Not under the jurisdiction. Correct. So, uh, anyway, um, okay, well, thanks for that. Uh, You're welcome. I'm going to let you guys go get expert on the IRS forms, okay? I mean, I had not had a job since 1995, so uh and i have been out of the country for fifteen years. I hadn't had to deal with any of that crap. In fact after that house deal, uh what I neglected to say was I got a letter from those thieves after they stole that money and they said, Well, you only owed us thirty thousand. But we took an extra five thousand for taxes we think you're gonna owe in the future. Now I was so glad to be rid of those bastards at that point. I could have because they took the tax and you can't sue the federal government the IRS unless you've paid the tax so since they took it I could have taken them to federal court and gotten that 5,000 back but that's how glad I was you want to put a monetary value on the relief I got from getting out of their stupid ass system I'll give them the 5,000 and then I said okay as I got further into this I'm going to go teach a bunch of people this and get their asses pulled out of IRS and I'll get that 5000 back in spades. I'll get that 35000 back in spades because I can do a lot more damage to them than they did to me. And this is another perfect example of these sorry, slaving, piece-of-crap bastards making their own worst enemies. Okay? So, for whatever that's worth. Hey, Roger? Yes.
7: Hey, I got a question. Is that small s state referenced anywhere in the State Department um, uh, website?
0: Well, yeah, it's referenced right into the uh, right into the document where the statement's made, and it says it's that the, it says it's that, in the
1: Title Eight.
0: Okay, it says that below the body of that letter, it pulls some excerpts out of the INA and one of them is what I just read to you, a national owes total allegiance to a small estate. That comes from the Nationality Act of 1940 in the statutes at large where they set this little bit of skullduggery up, okay? And if you go find and search out the Nationality Act of 1940, the, it's a, the starts out with a number of definitions. Definition A A national owes total allegiance to a small, less state. So that's where it came from, okay? They pull that over to the statutes, evidently, into the Immigration and Naturalization Act that they reference above in the body of the letter with that very damning statement, all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals, okay? Underneath the body of that, they pull that out and use that as one of the paragraphs, Underneath that, about two paragraphs down, they tell you what a federal state is, and it's capital S. So there's your reference.
2: Right. It it doesn't say small s. It's just a lowercase s in the word state versus uh, the capital.
0: Okay. Lower s, small s, I mean, same thing. Okay. Small
2: Like, they don't define it. It's just, it's, it's kind of nebulous. Well, hell, they're not going to
0: define it for you for God's sakes. You got, I'll tell you another way you can find it. Okay. Go back to the Internal Revenue Code, but, and, and I'm not sure if it's statutes or regulations, but look pre 1957. Hawaii and Alaska were included as federal states. After they achieve statehood, they had to go in and pull them out of that. Uh, okay.
2: The only reason I make the clarification is for the literalists out there that are going to search for small s state
7: it's not going to find it. It's, it's just that it's
2: lowercase.
0: Oh, it's lo- a lowercase yes. Okay. And I, I just yeah. say
7: no, no, different. no. But, I get uh, that and I understand but, that. But I and I get the nationality act. And then did you say in the statutes at large? um it's defined and then they go further and then they reference the the well, capital S state and the and their well, they, well. they they
0: do but it's all right there in that certificate of non-citizen nationality in their own verbiage so you got a national owes total allegiance to a lowercase S state and then below that they've got all of the federal states and their capital S
7: and that's right on the state department website
0: it's right on the Certificate of Non-Citizen Nationality document. The one that Mrs. Robinson links to this bogus letter they're sending to people. There's the answers to everything, and she links the answers into that bogus letter. These, those okay. people, whoever, wherever the consular liaison service is, they don't know their butts from a hole in the ground. They don't even know the damning stuff that's in their own document that they
8: reference in that bogus letter. Roger, this is Mark okay. in all caps. Hey, Mark.
0: Okay.
8: That I've, I've been over that uh, cuckoo cuchoo letter a couple of times, and I'm convinced that that's a head fake. It's it all for it is. Kids. It has to be. It's for all the people out there that are doing this that don't understand what they're doing. They haven't studied the materials and so they get it back, and they just go. Well, I guess that didn't work. You know, here and they go Mark, about their way.
0: Let me let me just inject something. Do you understand why I tell you your freedoms in knowing the information? That's a perfect example right there. Yes.
8: Okay. Exactly.
0: Your well, freedom.
8: Well, I didn't just jump in and file my affidavit. I wanted to make sure I I understood what what the, you know what was going on. That's right. And I'm convinced. I'm convinced more now than ever that we're on the right track. Well every, every I should say on the right track this is the, the, this is the solution.
0: It, it is the neutron bomb for these bastards because they can't do anything about it except take the mask off. Yeah. Okay. It's the neutron bomb for our enemies folks. I've realized it for a long time. A, a lot of you newer people this is very confusing as we've gone over just this little bit right here takes a while to get it straight in your brain but i I emphasize your freedom is in knowing and having command of this information because if you're ever challenged you're the one that's got to defend it and that's how you're going to defend it is knowing the facts
8: that's also i'm excited about devon had started putting together a little handbook and some of the researchers are going over it and once it's finalized and we have a consensus that it's all very accurate. It's a short way for a person to hit the highlights with uh, uh, the law and statutes and codes that backs up what we're saying. Backs up your book. And so that is, that could be like a little pocket guide that you can be studying so that you know it by memory. You don't, you know, you're not hesitant about what you're talking about.
0: And, and let me so, just add for the newer people, and I, I know this may be overwhelming to some, especially if you, you know, you're like me. My extent of legal knowledge was watching Perry Mason. Okay, and so you get into this stuff, well, hey, it's a horse of a different color. Okay. And all the tomfoolery, all the chicanery, all the change definitions, all the change labels, all the throw your mind over on the other side of the room, all that stuff's in there. And you just got to weave through it and get it straight in your your mind where you understand it. And if that seems like a big chore for you, go start finding people that want to know and teach it to them start teaching other people you'll not only you'll be forced to learn the information because you'll immediately know where your holes are that you don't understand right oh okay hold on let me finish go back fill the holes get your understanding better and go find somebody else to tell it to the way you're going to learn this, the fastest, if that's what you want to do, is to get a rudimentary command of it and start teaching other people. You'll find out real quick what you don't understand. Yes, Mirka?
1: I posted the link in the chat. Um, I put Title Eight section. 1101, 21 is national, and 22 is U.S. national. So it has that definition in there, and they can use uscode.house.gov to look it up.
0: Carl, let me show you another way they fool with this, okay? In one of those Title 8 sections, it makes the statement, a national is someone born in American Samoa, Swains Island, or the outlying territories. So what's wrong with that statement, Carl?
5: They're not taking into account that uh, you're born in the United States as a national.
0: They're hiding the states behind outlying territories. And that comes from that Nationality Act in one of those definitions. Okay, If they were being, the reason they put it, and this is in the code, this is in the statutes now, a national is someone born in American Samoa and Swains Island. Is that true?
5: Overall. Basically it is very Basically it is.
0: Basically it is true, isn't it?
5: But it's not the entire truth.
0: That's right. And they hide the states behind outlying territories or else they would have said a non-citizen national is someone born in American Samoa and Swains Island so see how they use this non-citizen thing they take it away over in publication 519 and throw you in the opposite direction and here they take the states and hide them by taking it away they hide the states behind the term outlying territories do you see how slick these son of a bitches are words matter yeah words mean things okay but that's why you got to understand the separateness. Who, who's our latest victim on taking the head fake, folks? Oh, come on now. Who's the latest victim made a total fool out of himself by taking the head fake? Ron Avery.
1: That's what I was looking for my mute.
0: Okay. Ron Avery made a total public fool out of himself. To the people that understand this what he did was he ruined any credibility he might have had and he literally took himself out on a limb and sawed the limb off ok you got to understand the basics here Ron is so highfalutin he didn't even want to listen to the presentation so obviously he doesn't understand these nuances so You want to go make a fool out of yourself publicly? You just go do it. Learn the information. Your freedom, your sanity, your power, all of that is in you learning the information, not you filing a damn piece of paper and going off about your life as if nothing's changed. You've got to be the change.
4: Capish. Roger, this is Charlie. Yeah, Charlie. Okay, I've got to add something to what you're talking about, how you were just basically saying that they're hiding it. Okay, basically they have converted all of the states through the re- uh, Reconstruction. And when they changed the definition for state in person in 1864, but how we have evidence that they are all federal, okay, um, federal territories, is the fact that in The Sins of the State, the book, uh, I found this part really interesting, that instead of mentioning a particular state, like they use the example Texas in, in, in the book Sins of the State, they would say in this state or this state state so indirectly you're right they are hiding it but they really did convert it to a federal territory i yield well now let's go back and
0: look at cuckoo could letter and the head fake what are they alluding to in there oh well they allude to american samoa and swain's island the head fake and then they say there are no other out or there are no other outlying possessions That you could be a member of. Isn't that right? You see, it's not outlying possessions, they're outlying territories.
9: That's where they're hiding the states, yeah? Exactly. United States of America.
0: Exactly. Okay. Correct. So, yeah, folks, you're just dealing with the slickest, shiftiest, lyingest bastards that have ever walked the face of the earth. And we beat them. We beat them. They never expected anybody to figure this out, okay? And justifiably so. I don't know if you remember this. Go ahead, Charlie. I'll put it in
4: the book. Okay, Um, Marka. I don't know if you remember this in the book, but it said um, what was the several states united is now. The several United States, right,
0: right. They're political. Yeah. They with the bankruptcy, they made them political subdivisions, is the way I look at it.
1: Was well,
2: this
6: the,
1: documented somewhere,
2: like officially, like in? in well, they, if they're,
0: I'm sure it is. You're just going to have to go find it. I've never it's researched it. It's the wording,
1: it. Abram. They changed the wording to fit Congress. They're protecting Congress. Is the We the People is Congress now?
0: Yeah, oh, under the bankruptcy, easy. because you or the people are now serfs, and they are trustees overriding you and representing oh. you at the bankrupt federal level. I mean, that Writing comes from that. Jim Trafficant, folks, not me.
2: And this is why citizens are the enemy of the state then.
0: Correct. They made the enemy of what I got out of and we discussed this a lot yesterday on the Eugene Schroeder thing. The enemy aspect of this was that the people were going in and demanding their gold back.
2: Right. And they're the enemy. Or they were made the enemy. So I have one quote here. So I I, you know I'm going through this this video and 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 writing down all the, the exhibits. At, uh, the 26 minute and 44 second is a quote that says, quote, no contract is considered valid between enemies. Yes. At least so far as give them a remedy in the court, courts or either government or of either government. And they have in the language of civil law, no ability to sustain a persona standi in judic, in judico or judicio. Uh, so it says you have no personal standing in any court. In any in, in either country, because you're
0: an enemy. Well, you got standing in your you got standing in your state in your state courts because common law is there.
1: Well, I mean the contracts are, is are null. Um, Schroeder mentioned that on the video too.
2: So the contracts are about val- are invalid.
0: Well, all of them are invalid because it's all based on fraud. But fraud isn't fraud until it's discovered and brought to the attention. Any yeah, but what, contract, e. Schroeder
3: said, any what contra- Eugene Schroeder said was when warring parties, warring people that are at war cannot contract, the only thing they can do is sign treaty. A contract is not a treaty, so it's null and void. Well, a treaty is a contract of sorts. But if you are an enemy, you cannot do business with your enemy. I got some, so I got some business
0: I'd like to do with them. So here yeah, I am still trying to get Paul. my
3: arms around
2: the, the ho ho ho! Hey
0: hey
3: hey! Ow ow ow!
2: So, Paul, it's exactly like you said. It says, in general, a quote: in general, during war, contracts with or powers of attorney or agency from the enemy executed after the outbreak of the war are illegal and void. Contracts entered into with the enemy prior to the war are either suspended or are absolutely terminated. Partnerships with the enemy are dissolved. Powers okay. of eternity from the enemy, with ex- certain exceptions, lapse. Payment to the enemy, except the agents in the, uh, and that, that's where the,
0: the well. Let me let me take this a step further. If you go back and again back to this uh, collective speeches of Lewis T. McFadden, he talks in there about the Ford Motor Company. It's the excerpts are in my book, and his statement was, so here the enemy that's taken over the country in bankruptcy is still contracting because they were bitching because Ford, Ford Motor Company, with Henry Ford knowing who these bastards were, would not contract with the federal government under the auspices that in doing so they were waiving their rights. So they're still using contract in the bankruptcy with enemies. Mm -hmm. This is like the the rules for us and not for you. Yep. Right.
1: I mentioned it to um, Alan to review the book. Because he's the one that shared it with us. I hope he jumps on and shares some information that he learned from
0: it that we can use. We've had a day and a half of of discussing pretty technical stuff, mainly because of the time we spent on the Eugene Schroeder uh, piece yesterday. But here we get back in today with these really little, minute things that are very important. I'm not negating the importance of them, but for newer people – you know, we try and simplify this for you, not make it more complicated. Okay. So, uh, just don't, don't feel like you're getting a drink of water out of the fire hydrant today if you're new. Okay. Cause we're discussing some real in-depth things and you got to have some knowledge to be able to follow us on a lot of this. Some of it anyway. So apologies for the new people. Uh, this is why, I mean, I, I don't mind discussing the intricacies here, but I try and simplify stuff so we don't scare people away. You know? I, you know, it's like Dennis Fecho when I was on Dennis Fecho's show here a couple of years ago for a minute. Do I, you mean
4: I have to learn all that stuff?
0: Yeah, Dennis. You want to be free? You think freedom's free, Dennis? Yeah.
3: Maybe, maybe on the days when we're talking about like the deep dives and the fire hose discussions and things like that, we reiterate that there are very, 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 very good basic explanations of how this works on exposedthematrix.com. Just go to those early interviews and look at those. Roger does a great job of explaining them
0: all. Uh, You just got to understand we're dealing with the shiftiest some bitches that have ever walked the face of the earth, folks. Ever. Okay. And they've been pulling this crap, evidently, for thousands of years because this is the same stuff Jesus is fighting. Same exact people mm-hmm. doing basically the same exact stuff without all, all, all the modern knowledge and technology they've gained. We're fighting the Pharisees. Ge-
2: genetically distinct. They're not the same ethnic group, but they inherited the, uh, the tactics.
0: I'm not sure. Uh Probably not. I don't know how the Khazars fit in back in Jesus' time, but the Khazars have obviously adopted what the Pharisees were doing. Okay. And we go back to the fact that these can't be the people of the book. You know, even the Jews today go, well, they claim Abraham and Isaac and all these lineage things. Oh, yeah well, why'd you get your identity as a Jew from your mother instead of the guys? Because those are all men you're talking about. All the Bagats are men. And you you only get your exclusive remnant through the mother. How can you be the people of the book, you imposter bastards? I, I'd love to see somebody confront one of these son of a bitches on that point. I mean, you know, when we had Randy on here, couple of years ago i don't remember some of you weren't around randy a, a, a jew called in a female and spent she was off on vacation she spent the better part of a week with us dan dan fish converted her evidently so she says but her and her husband were both jews and we got into this discussion and i i put that right in front of her and all she could do is sigh They've got, this is just about like us submitting an affidavit. They can't do anything. They can't do anything with that statement either. How can you be the people of the book when you get your herediment exclusively through the female line and all the people in the book get theirs through the male line? And somebody's got their mic open and having a, a peripheral conversation and the elevator's dinging. So please. Okay. So, where can we go now? We got any new people on uh-huh. here that are like totally, yeah, totally buffeted? Befo- hey, Roger? Yes.
9: Hey, it's Joe. Oh, there's someone else talking.
0: Yes, yeah, somebody else can't get, you know, got their mute uh-huh. open.
9: Go ahead. You now, America uh, said you were looking for me or wanted
0: to- Well, somebody was bringing up something about some of your forums. You're about the forum expert I know of around here. So. Uh, that's what, Carl, was it Carl that was saying that earlier? Yes, it is. Well, here's Joe.
5: Hey, Joe. Um, have you looked in, in, uh, publication 519 on, on the, at the bottom of page 38?
0: I'm sure he'd remember, uh, I'm sure he'd remember that right off the bat. Well, they,
5: they, they talk about, uh, uh, the W-8BEN and uh, W-4, and they're saying that the W-4 is you use a W-4 s- to establish your compensation is subject to graduated withholding at the same rates as resident aliens or U.S. citizens. And they say if you you must uh, if you're a non-resident alien, you must furnish to your employer 8233 or W-8BEN. So the W-4 is probably not a good idea to file. It's it's better to do the W-8-B-E-N.
9: That's what I tell people. Okay. Um, and what he's referring to
3: is the W-4-V being a voluntary agreement to withholding equal to that of a citizen.
9: Right. But you're only using the um, the W-4-V to stop the w4 agreement right if you read on the w4v form it says the uses for it um let me me just pull it up
5: but aren't there only like four uses for it and one of them one of them is to voluntarily withhold tax on uh social security or railroad retirement or something like that
9: uh, that for the W four. Yeah. But the, the W four V, cause yeah, cause you can use it for, yeah, there's the railroad thing or whatever, which I think was originally a military railroad thing. Um, the railroad has their own using retirement. This, yeah. Well, yes, I know it used to be different. It just kind of got linked in there still, but, um, when you're doing this, the W four v because because you, you already have your employer taking out the taxes. So wh- what I have people do first is W four v form, and you fill the whole thing out, and then you click uh, button seven on number seven. You hit that, and it says I want you to stop withholding federal income tax from my payments. And you give that to them, and then you give them the W A B E N to establish a new. Because what happened was we found out, I found out from people doing this, when they submitted the WAPEN, all the taxes were still coming out anyway. So we did the W4V first, right? Hit button number seven or did line number seven to stop the withholding. And then when we submitted the WAPEN after that, then they stopped taking all the taxes out except for uh, for social security payments. FICA, FICA. Right. Yeah. It was the FICA tax kept coming out. Yeah. Well, you got to pay
0: that. That's not involved with the income tax. It's just the IRS evidently handles it.
9: So. Right. But that's, that was how we got them to stop taking out the federal income tax because they were just handing in the WAPENs and then the companies were just kind of basically just filing them and then not applying them. So when we submitted that one, and then the WAPN, they stopped taking out the taxes. Does that get you you straightened out, Carl? Well, um, I've been duking it
5: out with the company that I'm working with um, for about two months now. And I think I've got them on the ropes that he's finally understanding that the WAPN changes my status to a non-resident alien, and I'm not liable for the tax, the income tax.
0: Okay. Do you work for a small company or a bigger company?
5: Uh, international company. Okay.
0: All right. Well, keep us in the loop.
10: I have a question. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay, someone, a female, has a question. I have a question. Yes, we want to recognize you.
10: Hi. It's oh, Ella. Name, Roger. This is Ella. Um, I have a question for Joe. I'm about sure. ready to submit the... Uh, okay. W8B and the W8BEN. Do I do that at the same time or do I do the V first and then the B after?
0: I think you do does it at the same sense? I think you do it at the or same, same time. I give both Joe. of
10: the forms to my employer.
9: Go I, ahead.
0: I think you do it at the same you're, time, you're, Joe. What say you?
9: Uh, I would. You're doing a W8 form without. It's interesting. <clears throat>
3: W4V and the W8BEN at the same time yes. is her question.
9: Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I thought she said a W8 and then a W8BEN. Uh, yeah, you can send them in at the same time.
0: They work hand-in-hand, hand, it sounds like okay. to me.
10: Yeah, I'm, I'm a... Well, I just wanted to make a clarification because I'm about ready to go back to work, and I'm going to give this to my employer.
0: Okay. Thank are you. you? Do you have birds? Do you mm-hmm. have birds in the background there, Ella, or what? Of course, she's in California. Uh, somebody, hit somebody hit me
10: over the head.
0: Somebody hit you over the head, and you make bird sounds. The birds are flying oh, over. Yeah, her
10: head, yeah you like... know, just like the cartoon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Right, she's a
2: resident of heaven, and there's
0: are just the birds <laughs> in the background. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm in my backyard, you guys. Oh, you got a lot of birds out there! Congratulations. Okay, where else? Hey, can Roger. we Roger. Oh, yeah, it's
10: a beautiful sunny day.
0: Good, good. Yes, who is the Hey Roger there? Yeah, yeah, this is John <laughs> out of Wisconsin here. Okay, hold um, on again because got uh... bleeped. Yet is is it John in Wisconsin? Yes, sir okay, hey John.
7: Hey hey um, so anyway, a couple questions here is there what's what's the difference between because I believe the Nationality Act was passed in 1940. Is that correct?
0: And that's correct. It's in the statutes at large now.
7: okay, so when you're when you're in you know like I don't see they may have referenced it here on the the State Department website, but they talk about, oftentimes about in reference, immigration and nationality yeah well they're not that's that's the
0: united states code that's not the organic statutes at large
7: correct correct so i guess my question one of my questions to you is did they do something in sinister with that uh immigration nationality act to try to obfuscate or whatever with respect to the the nationality act of 1940 well they took that definition
0: The about the third or fourth definition is a paragraph okay and i read it on the air one day to brent and brent said roger that's the biggest bunch of garbage i've ever heard he could you can't understand it okay and what they (laughs) were doing in that unintelligible paragraph was to set it up where they could bring it over to the statutes and hide the states behind the term outlying territories. Okay. Okay.
7: So I guess one of my questions, another follow-up question, I have a couple here. Um, If you look into the Immigration Nationality Act of 1965 and you look into, basically they're talking about the definitions that you were referencing earlier. Uh, Say, for example, uh, Section 101, a parentheses A twenty one. The term "national" and they put "national" in quotation marks means a person owing permanent allegiance to a small letters small letters s state. Correct. Okay. Then they go and down. That's pulled
0: directly. 101-8. That hold on. That's pulled directly from the statutes at large of the Nationality Act over to the code. But post that, okay. they monkey with it, okay? And I don't know. I've never checked. I'm, I'm still learning on a lot of this stuff, too. But I would imagine if you go back to the uh, to the first book in the statutes, that I'll bet you Title Eight is non-positive law. Because it's not brought over perfectly from the statutes at large. This is where they monkey with stuff.
7: And when you say non-positive law, does that mean a law that has no effect
0: or force? The way that I understand it, and you'll find a list there. I I don't remember if it's on the front cover of every of the 50 titles, but I'm pretty sure it's under at least in volume one. Okay. And they've got a list of all 50 titles, and they denote whether they're positive or non-positive law. It took me years to figure this out. Non-positive law?
7: What does that even mean?
0: It means legal, not lawful. Basically. Okay, so here's what happens. How laws are made. You can go to the government printing office. I went to the, the one in Atlanta and bought one of these and read it. At the insistence of my law teacher at the time guy had helped me figure out all this regulatory stuff and uh in that they go over how laws are made okay and the way laws are made they the it can arise in either house a senate bill or a house resolution once it passes one of the houses it has to be passed in a total agreement with the other house so if they don't match the two bills that come out of the separate houses then they go into a conference committee have you heard them say that before they went into a conference committee and they harmonize the two different laws where they both agree when they both agree they send it to the president and he signs it then considered to be constitutional at that point It's put into the organic statutes at large, public law, so-and-so, okay? That's the organic statutes of the United States that are considered to be constitutional. That set of law books, if you go to Volume 1 and open up the front cover, you're going to see the Declaration of Independence, the Articles of Confederation, the Ordinances of the Northwest Territory, and the Constitution those are inside the front cover of volume one who do you think those laws apply to okay so there's your organic statutes now and this is a good question if some of you want to do some research I'd love to find the answer when did the United States code come into the picture Because before that, it was all constitutional stuff before the bankruptcy. My sense is that the United States Code came into effect after the bankruptcy. Because before that, they didn't need the statutes at large interpreted. Okay? So anyway, the the United States Code is what we would think of as the Roman civil law or the Roman code. That back in Rome is when the influence of the merchant law... With self-help remedies being demanded by Roman citizens instead of exclusively used by foreign merchants over a period of 200 years, the attorney general of Rome, called a praetor, incorporated the merchant law into the existing basic Roman common law. That's the Roman civil code. That's the United States code. Okay? So they, they move it over either whole or piecemeal from the statutes at large to the United States code. And whether they bring it over constitutionally, that's considered to be constitutional, it's positive law. If they bring it over and monkey with it, it's non-positive law. The perfect example of what I'm telling you, hold on. The perfect example of what I'm telling you is title 26. Okay. Okay. Title twenty six, the Internal Revenue Code, was never passed by the Senate, it was never signed by the President, and it was never put into the statutes at large. Why not?
7: Because it'd be non positive law.
0: Well, it's non positive law and it's anyway. And
7: it's no, and it's, it's un-constitutional. not no
0: no no, no. it's extra constitutional, not unconstitutional. This has passed muster with the courts since the 30s. This is the hold we've got them in, is they've had to jump through all all these hoops to make this bare constitutional muster. Now we come and find their little scam, and they've had to make this extra constitutional. That's why they've got to recognize it okay so hold on so let me let me finish how did title 26 then get into the united states code not passed by the senate not signed by the president
1: through non-positive right it's
0: because of the bankruptcy the house has exclusive jurisdiction over dc You're a federal citizen. You agreed to it. Okay.
7: So, so two, two more things. Speaking of federal citizen, mm-hmm. I want to know what you think of this, and I've pondered this, and this is my conclusion. I want to see if you concur because you run into this definition everywhere. And this specifically is in uh, Section 101, uh, parenthesis 36 of the Immigration Nationality Act, and it says the term state And that's all the capital letter state in front or in quotations includes the district of Columbia, Puerto Rico, Guam, the Virgin Islands of the United States. Now, my question is,
0: no, you know, the thing pivot, you know what that whole thing pivots on, don't you? What includes?
7: Correct. Absolutely. That's where I was going with that. It says includes. So basically they're saying they use the word "includes" to obfuscate the the the, the truth because they want you to the the person reading it to think that it includes that, but it also refers to the other
0: fifty states. Exactly, and it doesn't. Case. It includes includes when it's used lo- le- legally. It, it, the only thing that it includes is what's cited.
7: Absolutely, that's what I. would. Okay, exactly. That's what I thought. I wanted to get confirmation from you on that. Now. Tell me what you think of this. I just found this on the uscode.house.gov. It's the positive law codification and this is what it says. Non-positive law title of the code is prima facie evidence of the statutes it contains. Okay. Semicolon. It can be rebutted by showing that the wording in the, in an underlying statute is different. So you can rebut it. Positive law Title constitutes legal evidence of the law, and then they say it is considered to be more authoritative in federal and state courts. So they're saying non positive law can be authoritative, but it's less authoritative and can be rebutted. Yeah, like how how, how about,
0: how about like saying I'm not a citizen of the United States, I'm a national, therefore your term non resident alien doesn't apply, it applies to me. That's a rebuttal. And just like in the code, in the state code, you go probably find it in your own state code because all these laws, they may, they're uniform, right? They call it the Uniform Commercial Code, the Uniform Builder's Code, the Uniform Electric Code, etc., right? Right? Yep. So they can control from the top down. Uniform meaning it's the same in all 50 states. Okay? So this is in the State Code of Georgia annotated, OCGA in the traffic section dealing with the word resident and the very first paragraph says uh, I've been in the state longer than 60 days whatever whatever the, that definition and then they got another one underneath that and then underneath that is a one line sentence and it says the term resident is a rebuttable presumption I guarantee you that's in every one of our state driving codes I believe it. Okay.
7: You know, I got, tell, tell, I, you know, it's funny. We were talking about this Eugene Schroeder thing, uh, yesterday, and I don't know if anybody knows this that's on here, but out of the blue, I got, uh, if anybody knows this, uh, I got a, one, a notification from a, uh, YouTube that I subscribe to a YouTube channel, the True Republic 1776. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And okay. And all of a sudden yesterday, That Eugene Schroeder talk from, uh, it says, Dr. Eugene Schroeder talks about the trading with the Enemy Act in 1994. I got notified about it yesterday, and here we were talking about it yesterday. Well,
0: it's probably one of the students, because uh, I've gotten a lot of new students. Somebody played one of my interviews on that channel here about a month or two ago, and I've been getting a lot of people uh, following up on it, so it's probably one of the other students that follows that same channel and put that in there after yesterday's discussion, be my guess.
7: just seems... This seems weird that I happen to be a subscriber of his channel. Yeah. Um, but anyway, anyway, I was I was listening to it, but I only got through part of it. And one one of the things that struck me, I'm assuming you're very familiar with Marbury versus Madison,
0: correct? Well, kind of in years, but that's an older case. But yes, yeah, about it came out of Georgia. But
7: it's a land. It's a landmark case. It, it is. I've it done is. a lot of legal research. I've done a lot of legal research, and I live up in the Seventh Circuit up here in Wisconsin. And they, the seventh circuit court of appeals cites Marbury versus Madison all the time. Good. Cool. Okay. It, it's, it's remarkable. You know what I mean? Uh, even though they play their games and their shenanigans. So it's a, it's a very, very powerful case. And one of the biggest, most powerful takeaways I think from Marbury versus Madison is any law that is, as you would say, they don't use the word extra constitutional, but that is unconstitutional is the word that they use and they cite it. Is not law. If it violates the Constitution, it's no law. It's null and void. Yeah, we'll and see that. Is that one of the
0: most powerful. Well, that unfortunately for Mabry versus Madison, it doesn't bring into account a bankruptcy. It's either cut or dry. It's either this or that. The term extra constitutional came from Bob. Bob is the one that came up with that one day, and I think it's very appropriate. It's extra constitutional, not unconstitutional, or the courts wouldn't have ruled in their favor all these decades. It's extra constitutional because of the bankruptcy. I
7: gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. So, what I guess what I was what I was getting at is any of this trading with the enemy gar- act garbage um, when it basically the premise was you know if you're under a state of emergency you know blah 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 that then they can suspend the Constitution uh, but in fact if you use the precedent of Marbury versus Madison which is still used to this day it doesn't it, it but,
0: but doesn't you're missing the bankruptcy. The, the bankruptcy kind of the, chain, the bankruptcy changes all of that.
7: In what way? And by, and by what law?
0: Because the because every country has bankruptcy rules is the reason they use it. And now right, their trustees. Rule. Now they're trustees in bankruptcy overriding a bankrupt nation. It's not unconstitutional. It's bankrupt.
5: It's a rule well, of necessity.
0: Okay, hey, thank you, One of detail
5: that occurred to me
2: that that's relevant to this, and that that's that Washington D.C. The, the the citizens, so called, of Washington D.C. weren't citizens of any state. Correct. So they didn't have the same, you know, and so
0: yes, correct. Good point. Constitutional. Abram. Good constitution, point. You know? Good point.
2: They they didn't. The rules didn't apply. The Constitution may not have applied there, and that's where they they also pushed the IRS through there. And so that's like the kind of uh, a gray area where they can force these things on everyone else.
0: Yep. I mean, well, you know, come on, folks. Yep, these people not- don't think like we do, and they don't play fair.
7: Right, but we're talking two different entities, right?
0: What What two entities?
7: What do you want to call it? The, the corporate? I mean, a, a, a constitutional republic can't file bankruptcy. I mean, you don't have trustees and receivers. The corporation United States could file bankruptcy. But does the constitution doesn't apply
11: the
0: to international,
7: that and
0: as a as a, I, I, you know, don't don't get off on the weeds on this. They've pulled it off. It's custom and usage. Boom. It's extra constitutional because it's a bankruptcy.
2: How about this? Did the does Washington DC apply as a member of the uh uh republic no yes so so that's how they can. you can have a bankruptcy for washington dc and they can have a board and, and they can have all these different
0: and you're have been put into a federal citizenship and are tied to it yep
11: you were talking about before them, big, them big statues. Where you find those? I've been
10: looking at statues. I can't find any that's any bigger. What? It is a great big. Door. Oh, wait, now, hold on, hold hey, on, Paul. hold
0: on. You're jumping in and saying something. Who are you? We, I don't recognize your voice.
10: It's Paul. It's, <laughs> it's Paul Bean.
0: That's Paul that's Beaner. Paul.
10: It's Paul Heed.
11: It's Paul Heed, and them big statues. He was talking about them large statues.
0: Where them at? Uh, Rick, Paul! They stop! Someplace. Stop! We're into serious stuff here. I think. So who else? Well, hell, I give up. I, you. Who's got Who's got something <laughs> constructive to say on what we're talking about, please?
10: I, I have. I do. I okay. have. I want to say something. Okay. May I please? Yes, please. Character, character assassination is not right, and I don't care what you guys feel about whoever. It ain't right. Who are we? Whose character
0: are we assassinating?
10: Somebody impersonating a person that calls in.
0: And making fun of him, and that's what it sounds okay. like. Okay, so let. Has somebody got constructive information that we discussed? That's I why we're, we're, we're all here.
9: Roger I, Roger, Roger, I have a question, actually. Okay, a Jill. Constructive question.
0: Okay, thank you. Please come um,
9: it, in, the, in Title Twenty Six, it says that this uh, Title Twenty Six has no legal effect. They have no definition for it. Well, it
0: doesn't have any legal effect because the because the internal revenue system is not is voluntary.
9: So but what, what, what do they mean by no legal effect that just there's no legal well, ramifications or
0: well right it's because the system underneath is voluntary. The internal revenue system is voluntary. You had some guy up in Congress in the 50s that got up there and he goes, the BATF tax is mandatory. The income tax is totally voluntary. That's in front of Congress. It's voluntary. That's why it has no legal effect. Hey, Roger. Yes? Does that make, Joe, does that clarify that for you?
9: I mean, they still act upon it you know like well, uh, that's you know, cause it's come a scam. Over and steal houses well that's a scam
0: it's a voluntary system, but if you don't voluntarily file, they come back in and send you this little notification that says, Hey, Joe Lustica, we haven't received your tax returns for 2019 and 2020. If you've already filed these, disregard this notice. If not, we might ask you to come in bring your books and records. You ever seen any one of those personally or know somebody's got
9: one? I've known people. I've never gotten anything like okay, that. Okay,
0: John. Thought and I have to totally agree. I've never found anything he thought that wasn't right, okay? John said that that was a commercial document called a confirmatory writing. It's another specialty contract in the UCC along with statute staples, 1040s and that if you go in and look at it it is a writing between merchants who are both assumed to understand the contents of the writing and this is another one of these weird contracts where if you don't expressly disavow it within 10 days it's considered to be accepted so what do our people do when they get one of those letters joe they throw it in the trash One can. One of our people? Yeah, you, most of them throw it in oh, the yeah. trash can, right? Well, this is voluntary. It says voluntary compliance. I'm just going to throw this in. Okay, now they've gotten them accepted into a contract on the front end of a voluntary system.
9: By acquiescence.
0: By acquiescence. And this is why push code 09 is so critical to them. And this is what John found or Glenn found out when he was working with this guy, Mark Ellis was his name. They we put them together when I was doing shows with Al Addisk. Al Adusk knew this other guy that had he had done yeoman's work on the internal revenue code manuals on their processes. You know, you can get the internal revenue manuals. And it's got all these codes and all that kind of stuff in there, okay? And see, when I put John and this Ellis guy together, Ellis had the technical insight. Glenn had the oversight and the big view. And when they got together, that's when they put everything together. They found a test case. It was a medical doctor in San Diego who they were trying to, for failure to file and so they made an agreement the, attorney, the doctor found a law firm that would do this and Glenn wrote all of that process Okay, the law firm took it in, filed it represented him in court and you get into a failure to file trial that's criminal because there's jail time involved potentially so now it's a jury without not a preponderance of the evidence, but beyond a doubt, right, to convict. So now in that setting, they get discovery and interrogatories. The federal government would not come off of push code 09 in interrogatories or in discovery. They ruled against the doctor at the district court. They appealed it to the Ninth Circuit. The Ninth Circuit ruled against him. That's when Glenn threw up his hands and walked away from all this. Okay. After that was over, the Attorney General issued a national moratorium to the entire federal court system. No one can bring up push code 09 at any district court hearing or trial in the country. You can't even bring it up so what is push code 09 push code 09 the pro the computer is programmed correctly at martinsburg west virginia and in being programmed correctly it has to have you voluntarily submitting a 1040 before it can complete it's what it's doing because you didn't file there's no 1040 so at some point the computer stops that's where push code 09 comes in push code 09 stops the process and allows the agent to put in what's called an SFR a substitute for return they're referred to in the tax community as dummy returns okay so they stop the computer process with push code 09. They insert the return they file for you because they've got you in a contractual obligation at the front end, and the computer goes on to assessment collections. Push code 09 is where they put the fear. Of, oh, no, look what they did to Leona Helmsley. Oh, I, it's just like Ron Avery. Well, I had a friend that did that, and he got his house confiscated push code 09 it's a voluntary system that's why they say that in title 26 roger yes
12: um in the i, I just want to i'm going to put this in the chat but um, is it, uh, Nastasha.
0: I, Nastasha. we hadn't heard from you in so long it takes me a minute to recognize your voice
12: oh that's okay i'm sorry i should have said who who is speaking um So I'm going to put this in the chat, but in the IRS internal manual from January 14th, 2015, 1.5.2.3, and then next to it, it has the date. And then it says authorities. So what they state within their IRS internal manual, our system of taxation depends upon the taxpayer's belief that the tax laws they follow apply to everyone and the IRS will respect and protect their rights under the law. <laughs> it's a belief system.
0: If I wish I had they a, call it a I'm I'm glad I didn't have a cup mouthful of coffee, I'd have spit it all over the computer right there.
12: Yeah. And that's in their own internal manual.
0: Yeah. It's a voluntary system. They trick you in on the front end with a confirmatory writing and they zap you at the back end with push code oh nine. Joe, did that register? Whoever I was
9: Yeah, I I mean I get that. So they use this um basically they're using like this uh acquiescence uh letter to get you to acquiesce to being in the voluntary system and now they have jurisdiction and they have a legal right well, to they, they got a take con- whatever they want from They
0: you. got a contract with you. You agreed to it. You just didn't know what you were doing. You didn't know what that's what that was. It looks pretty innocent on the surface, that letter. Okay, let's go back yeah. and look at what they used to send out to everybody. Our system of taxation is based on voluntary compliance. Have you all seen that?
9: Yeah, I've seen that before.
0: Yeah, and so what Patriot goes, well, hell, I'm just not going to volunteer, right? And now they send you a confirmatory writing and you're off on the race. So, what is the voluntary compliance that the tax system's built on, Joe? How about the voluntary uh, servitude what? of you answering those questions? Yes. And now you're a citizen of the United States, you agreed with their fraud, and you go over to 1.1-1A, an income tax is owed by all individuals who are citizens of the United States or residents. Oh, well, you volunteered for that, didn't you?
9: Yeah, well, also, it's anytime you go get a job. Like when I was, I think I was 16, I got a job at 7-Eleven, and they made me fill out a W-4 form. Right. And I looked at this thing, I was like so confused by it. The guy's like, here, I'll fill it out for you. No, oh, I'm sure you will. Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: you had nine dependents at that age, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're very
9: prolific as a young man, were you? yeah well he filled it out for me and then there was no dependence but what was funny was that my aunt had claimed me on her taxes that year and got in trouble for it oh really (laughs) she got in trouble because I had claimed myself and she claimed me too
0: right right and the computer picked that up
9: yeah it's a it's a I mean folks if, if
0: again if you're new to the program and we're sitting here, all of this complex stuff we've been discussing the last couple of days. Please don't be deterred, okay? You don't have to learn all this right now. You can ease into it. Get the basics down and get command of the information. Get your freedom started, okay? I mean, I don't hey, mind discussing this stuff, but it's not my... My favorite thing, because I don't want to alienate new people, because of the complexity. That's why you very rarely ever hear me throw out statutes or court cases, because what that does for the new newbie is totally confuse them. Okay. Yes. Who was hey Roger? Hey Roger newbie. I gotta say Okay, you got. A, oh, we got a newbie here. Okay, who are you?
13: Kind oh, of a newbie. It's Chad. I've been following for a couple of weeks. Oh, now, but
0: okay, I Chad. Myself a newbie. Okay. No, you don't. Know, really got hey, hey, Chad. Come about. on, man. You got a law degree. Come on.
13: I do, I do. But some of the I saw so the other day. I got a letter in from the Department of Homeland Security because I did a Freedom of Information Act request on myself, and I asked. It came from the United States Department of Citizenship and Immigration Services, and the request was for all files related to my birth certificate, uh, my I believe it's in my I ninety four form, and my status as a citizen of the united states the letter that i got back said they have no records of any of those files whatsoever okay so i'm trying to tie in this conversation regarding being a citizen of you know the the federal corporation that is filed for bankruptcy and why i'm getting a letter from from you know Department of Homeland Security saying they have no records of my citizenship, even though I was born in this country and have lived here for
0: 33 years. Because it's a presumption. You've always told them what your citizenship is. They don't need a damn record of it. You're the one that answered the two questions, yes.
1: Right.
13: So I asked my accountant about that, who used to be an auditor for the IRS, And his response is, you know, why the heck are you still paying taxes if you have that letter? And I, I asked him. I'm like, you know, have you seen this before? He's like, I've never seen that specific letter, but I have seen people be able to be, you know, declare their status as a is as a, um, yeah, a, a state as a a States as a a national and be able to separate themselves from the system. Like
0: I said, well, that to that from. he of course he's seen it. It's in their damn regulations. It's called revocation of election.
13: So, uh, so I guess so. Your your response to the reason why I'm ha- I'm receiving a letter because I would assume that my birth certificate and these other documents of my citizenship under the Fourteenth Amendment would be on file. I'm assuming that the Secretary of State Department of Homeland Security would have record of my birth certificate, and they're saying they don't. Well, and then therefore they don't have
0: any record of. Well, it, it since- may be that the birth certificate is routed over through Treasury to pull this off.
1: I've shared that on the group on telegram roger and i remember hearing other students getting their foia back and saying they there is no proof that you're a u.s citizen so that's why i say it's a presumption
0: it's all presumption the whole damn fraud's presumption It's based on the presumption of a fraudulent bankruptcy. They put everybody into a surety position at the same time. It's presumption, 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 presumption. And it runs until it's rebutted, and that's why the affidavit works. Right. Uh, Roger? Yes.
14: (laughs) Hi, this is Gwendolyn, one nineteen in Texas. How are oh, you hey, Gwendolyn. Doing? Well, I have a good. question. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for my, I'm sharing everything on my television. Has this you oh, okay, for Gwendolyn? For Roger sales affidavit.
0: Okay, let me ask you a question, Gwendolyn. Do you feel like you've gotten a drink of water out of a fire hydrant today?
14: <laughs> yeah, most days. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> most days, I do. Okay, but it's still refreshing at the same time. Well, at
0: some point, at some point, in some point in your growth, these things that we've talked about will register, and they'll come back, and you'll have an aha moment, and you'll go, "Oh, that's why that's like it is." You'll have some of those. Everybody, all of you, all of you are going to have them. Okay.
14: Yeah, that happens all the time. But I have a question from my Telegram channel. I'm not sure if if they spoke up yet. Um, So just real quickly, on the passport, um, the DS-11, they wanted to know, um, should they list their actual address, where they live at, or put something else? Because they've heard uh, maybe Joe speak about the rural rural free delivery. So they just want to get clarity on the address to to put on the passport.
0: Tell them to use a regular address. There's no jurisdiction okay. yeah. in a, there's no jurisdiction from the federal government because you have a mailbox on your property. There's that's no right. nexus there. It.
11: That's right, get over it.
0: Okay, that's misinformation from the old days. Sorry. It's People looking for what the answer we've got and trying to connect dots. Oh, the the mailbox is the feds. So if you put that on your property extends federal jurisdiction to you bull crap okay does that answer that thank you
4: for,
14: yeah thank you for the clarification i just want to let you know um that testimony from Lisa in California with the traffic stop the other day. Um, I did a special little excerpt of it and I've been sharing it on my telegram. It's been such a blessing. I'm taking that testimony everywhere to show the power well, there, of the affidavit. Now, Gwendolyn, there, you know. you know, there's <laughs>
0: another one with Sarah from December the 4th. Are you aware of that one? Cause you're fairly new.
14: Oh, I, yes, I'm fully aware. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll share okay. that one as well. well I those, share
0: those both. You know, those testimonies from you folks out there that are actually in the grist mill, I mean, are just invaluable. Okay. I mean, Roger, I, I also wanted. I, sorry, I would. I would have loved to have gotten my arms around Lisa the other day. I'd have given her the biggest wet smacky kiss she ever had in her life. Go ahead, Marco.
1: I just wanted to share with Gwendolyn and her students, they can also jump on National Status Freedom on Telegram, and we follow step-by-step step what Roger teaches and um, how to do it, to, the steps to follow so it's effective, and, and we have our um, notices in so we stay safe and um, we know how to respond after that
14: right yeah I put your
6: link on the channel as well and I'm directing everyone to you, to you there
0: okay good Good. Uh, okay where else can we go does somebody else have a question there a minute ago Roger yes sir um,
7: I just looked up the first US codes were published in 1926 there you go and I looked up article 1 article 1 section 1 deals with the definition of words as used in legislation
0: okay so they brought in the United States code right before they pulled the trigger on the bankruptcy correct correct I knew they hadn't been around right. all that long. I've always just assumed they came in after 33, but they set it up just like with the birth certificates. Remember they, we talked about it yesterday, the birth certificate law was in 1921. Okay. There never were birth certificates before the 20s. There was always in the family Bible, births, deaths, marriages. Okay. So they set that up in the 20s in the first depression short-lived so that they knew they'd have that paper to deliver to the secretary when they pulled the trigger on the bankruptcy and that group of birth certificates 12 years worth were probably a lot of the grounding that they issued the emergency federal reserve bank notes on they always set things up and then they have to pull the trigger Okay. so good good work on that I'm glad, I'm glad to know that I'm glad to know that I've never known that piece of information before I, was, I thought it was interesting to know that the very first code dealt with words yeah the, Words is used in legislation. That's interesting. The the United States Code is the Roman Civil Law, is the Code of Bismarck, the Code of Justinian, the Code of Napoleon, the United States Code. Those are all the same things. Little variations, but all basically the same concept. Okay. So. So. Where else um, can we go?
6: Cool. Uh, oh. i got some dad here from from your roger sales chat tango jim 157 uh basically described who was that that was just speaking bruce I,
0: I think it was bruce yeah
6: yeah okay well he's basically saying kind of the same thing with a little more um you know information and reference point so i can put that in the Jitsi chat but it's already in the Roger Sales Dante yeah, But
0: you could see them formulating the whole thing by the way they move these steps, take these actions, and then pull the trigger. Okay.
6: Oh yeah, and you know it's amazing you can see things now that make sense in their Satanism, right? From years and years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. it had to be supernatural forces. I'm not going to say inspiring them. <laughs> you know but why not? To do certain things, so it would come out at this time
0: well could be I know one thing they've been caught they've been caught on every front they've been caught on the legislative front Uh, you know here's something we ought to discuss that's interesting I haven't intentionally brought up this stupid ass balloon okay? but something did come out of that that's incredibly interesting and it shows how these people get caught in their lies y'all know what I'm talking about Okay, the balloon flies over, and 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 it comes out and says, "Well, they you know what didn't fly it over?" And Trump's when Trump was president, so they come back and go, "Oh yeah, there was three Chinese balloons that came over when Trump was president." Have y'all heard this? Three balloons came over when Trump was oh, yeah. president, and Mad Dog Mattis, who was director of DOD. Did not tell Trump or any of his inner circle about it. They didn't inform Pompeo. They didn't inform anybody. Here's a Chinese balloon's coming over, and they hide it from the president, mm-hmm. folks. That's treason.
6: I did a lot of stuff like that to him. Okay, you know? but, the so but the interesting,
0: but the interesting thing is these years down the line because of their balloon problem, they come out and try and blame it on Trump and what comes out? That they hid the facts from the president and his inner circle.
6: Yeah, projecting. But you know, we've got these Google balloons. If you look at Monkey Works, W-E-R-X, right, who tracks all the stuff in the air. um, We have these Google balloons all the time now and and now I think they're even... I think they're in cahoots, actually, with Chinese. You like, think? They don't, they don't no, you know? don't think. <laughs> but they've been sucking up data forever. You know, they fly at maybe 70 80,000 feet.
0: Sixty, I think, somewhere in there. Probably can go higher.
6: Yeah, and there, there was a, I forget what type of aircraft was above them. And, uh, you know, seeing what they were doing as well. So they've been doing this stuff. But, you know, the oh, interesting yeah. part, I, I kind of like that they didn't really dwell on, was the fact that Blinken, Winken, and Nod, you know, Secretary of State here, our feudal landlord, was supposed to go to Beijing. Have oh a yeah. Meeting there. Oh yeah.
0: And they canceled it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. you know, I remember yeah. hearing E. Michael Jones, you'll like this, Mer. I heard uh, on a E. Michael Jones thing I was listening to and I keep meaning to mention it on the show and I forget it. And E. Michael Jones made the comment when Blinken came up and he said he, every, every new person that he meets, and he shakes hands with him. His first statement is, I lost relatives in the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
6: reparations for three also, generations. Also,
0: all the stuff that's coming about out about the University of Pennsylvania and the Biden thing over there with the Chinese funneling all that money in.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Guess who ran it? Blinken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny,
6: too, all the stuff about Kavanaugh. <laughs> you know, he was a Clinton, Clinton man. Basic so, it's weird.
0: Yep, well, it's a tangled web we weave when we practice to deceive. And uh, they're getting caught everywhere, folks. I, I mean, oh, oh, the latest now that they got caught on, they're trying to set up a false flag in Ukraine. Have you all heard this? They're trying to set up a false flag in Ukraine where they blow up a hospital with a lot of dead babies and stuff in it. And they've got all the network news crews in Ukraine already at a hotel, the Sapphire Hotel, and one of the news people blew the whistle. They're setting up a false flag in Ukraine right now, probably be deterred now that that information got out. But this this is where we are, okay?
6: Well, they don't even have to do it. They just say it. You know, Oli Damagard, uh, most of them were just rumors, but he kept 39 different rumors and perhaps events, false flags staged events over in Europe Mm -hmm. from going down. And that's when Trump said, uh, you know, tweeted out, there's something big coming. And instead he had to say, what's his face, Baghdadi or whoever was killed again.
0: Well, the point being is that they've got all the news crews and stuff over there to give the actualities to help buttress their false flag and declare war on Russia.
6: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can see the same template, the same pattern. Well, they they all... Germans for for generations to build up to this. First good and then bad, right?
0: They do everything over and over and over again. Because it's always worked... And that yeah. puts them in a box, because as we get into these new areas with technology and all this other stuff, they've got yeah. to rely on what's happened in the past, because it's always worked, and if they deviate from that, they risk getting blown up by it.
6: Right. This the, is their... You know, uh, and these backward words and everything, you know, but it's always about Christ and usury. Do you, you know? like to
0: speak up? Yeah, speak up there. Is that Jeff? Yeah, Eli wants to speak. Eli, Eli's with us. Yes, he is. Eli, the
6: floor, Eli.
0: Hey, Eli. Turn off your mute, Eli. Eli, welcome to our little uh, get together here on your network. Okay, all
11: right. Okay, can you hear me now?
0: We hear you fine.
11: Okay, I just got uh, update from Paul. He is back home.
0: Oh, God! Thank
11: God. Yeah, so uh, I, uh, the original surgery missed uh, a random uh, gallbladder stone blocking up his ducts, right? So uh, th- I think they took care of that. I think they were able to do that without further surgery. Oh, wonderful! Okay. So, okay. so Paul is among the living.
0: Oh, thank- <laughs> right. boy! What a relief! Right. Thank you, Eli, so yeah. much.
6: Okay? Yeah. And uh, I say, I, people, yeah. listen! Listen to his birthday show, Andrew, Andrew Carrington Hitchcock, and. Paul English does a lot on there, so I just listened to that last night.
11: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and I just uh, a quick comment on the person who is it, Blinken, who uh, identifies himself as a person who's had uh, so many million relatives. That's right. <laughs> that well. that, that, uh, that met their demise in the Holocaust. A perfect comeback would be. Oh, good for you. Now those people aren't burdening you anymore, are
0: they? (laughs) No, I
11: get reparations, man. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, exactly. You should be glad they died in the Holocaust. (laughs) All right? Okay, Oy vey.
0: guys. Oy vey. where
11: are my reparations? Yeah, right. Yeah, well, ch- didn't the check come yet? <laughs> At the first of the month. What are you complaining about? Well, all right, Eli. <laughs> okay, uh,
0: Eli. When you yeah. speak with Paul, you tell him we're all very relieved and we're very grateful yes. and we're real, real happy because okay. we were very concerned.
11: Okay. Okay, thank you. Okay, I'm going to continue to mute, mute myself okay. and listen to this fascinating, although confusing conversation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> did, Eli? Did you get a drink out of a fire hydrant this morning?
11: <laughs> I'm drinking tea, not spiked. Okay. All right, guys, take care. Y'all
0: are blessed. Bye bye. Thank you, Eli. Thanks for the yeah, good news, welcome. man. It's nice to end the show on a piece of good news like that. Okay. So, thank hey, you. Hey, Roger. A, yes. Hey, Ken. Hey, um, I just want to remind people that we're not Holocaust deniers. We believe the USS Liberty incident happened. That's right.
6: <laughs> and
9: Dresden. <Justin. laughs>
0: Wait a minute, i got to tell Eli. Eli, are you still on? I hope you are. Ken here, one of our new students, he identifies us yeah. as, as Hebrew nationals. <laughs>
11: <laughs> hey that gets your brownie points <laughs> well you know
0: i i'd I like to, i think you got an, a, a little addendum <laughs> after you do that and you go we an, <laughs> we answer to a higher authority
11: <laughs> there you go right yeah the talmudic rabbis right <laughs> no no
0: yeah. okay we answer to god
11: We're even, even a dog well, won't refuse his master's yeah. scraps <laughs> Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, the Talmud says that even even God considers the opinion of a rabbi before he makes a statement. Oh yeah,
0: of course,
11: of right? course he does. Okay. Yeah. Right. Of so uh, we know who Blinken is now, don't we? Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey Eli, right. have you heard my little approach here lately? That uh, is relatively new. I don't know that you and I have discussed it, but uh, you know, at the end of Genesis and the first of Exodus, all the begats. Yeah. Pages and pages and pages of them, all the generations. Right. Those are all men, aren't they?
11: Yeah, it's a patrilineal uh, right. reckoning. So yeah. how
0: can the Jews that get their uh, herediment exclusively through the maternal line be the people of the book?
11: Well, yeah, they can't. The Israeli state actually defines a Jew as a person born of a Jewish woman.
0: Correct. That's the it's, only that's right the of return. Thing. That's the only right of return to Israel.
11: Yeah. And ironically, uh, this one rabbi of Aish A I S H says, "Well, Jesus can't, could have not have been a quote unquote Jew, who, of course, we be mean Judahite, because he doesn't have a Jewish father." Well, neither do any
0: of the other Jews. That's right. <laughs> so what? Well, now, so what hold are you it. Well, we're, about, we're about to run right? out of time, and this may be important. Okay. So I'm throwing that question out to people, and one of my friends down here comes back and he goes, It's because they're pagans and they were so promiscuous they didn't know who the father was, so they transferred right. it through the mother. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your daddy? I don't
11: know what you can say. Right? Probably
6: Neanderthal jeans, too.
11: Oh, there you go. There you go. Absolutely. Well, oh, your audience is sharp.
0: Oh, yeah. We got it some is. Sharpies the here, buddy. So
11: sharp. All right. Okay. We're All right, about guys. To... I see you're just about out of time. Okay. All here right. we
0: are. We got in end, right. end, end got music it. playing. Thank you, Eli. Take care. you right. bless everybody. Bye-bye. Okay, we'll see you later. Let's see if we are. We over yet? Not yet, but we're close to it. Okay, we'll be back tomorrow on the Thursday. I believe tomorrow's Thursday edition. Hope you got something out of it. If you're new again, please don't feel overwhelmed with all of the details and the minutiae we went into today it's just part of your learning process you'll get to a point where all that kind of stuff will make sense to you okay uh but it does take a little time and i know it's hard but it takes a little effort on your part too freedom ain't free sorry mother earth's gonna swallow all of us hey here roger and we're gonna lay our bodies down quick ken they call those so I get t- try to sneak those in. They call those the begatitudes. Oh, there you go. That's
12: right. Okay, we're done.